All right, guys, here we go. Nord East podcast. It's a three podcast week, but that doesn't mean that this one isn't a huge episode. We got lots of news for you guys. We're going to play Castaway again, this time with the X Files. And uh, we're going to break down Wonder Woman 1984. Here we go. Nord East podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing excellent. I'm very well. How are you guys? I'm doing great. It's a huge week for us. That's because it is the fourth annual Nordy's Podcast Nordy Awards uh, coming up, dropping today, same day as this podcast, actually. So you don't just get our sportscast. You don't just get our screencast. You also get the Nordy Awards. Uh, we know you've been wanting it. You've been calling for it. You've been needing it in this crazy year of 2020, and it is officially here. So go check that out after you listen to this podcast. How excited are you guys? Oh, I can't. 10 out of 10. I always look forward to it because, you know, we kind of argue together ahead of time to pick our nominees. But once that list is there, we sort of throw it out to people, and then we don't talk about it first. We're just going to all come in and then whoever the fuck can argue for the best pick is going to get it. So we're going to have to come to a consensus on these and it should be fun. Yeah. So we have that. Um, also, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nord East podcast. Also subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from. And just because we're heading into the new year, uh, We'd love it if you guys would give us that five-star review that you've been thinking about doing for so long, but you just didn't know what words to say. We don't care what words you say as long as you give us those five stars. <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly it. It can be <laughs> clever. It can be not clever. We don't care. You could say, thanks, guys. That's I, We don't care what you say. Just, just five stars. We'd love it. Um, all right, guys. What beers are you drinking? I'm going to go first because I'm not doing anything special. I'm still just drinking uh, Modest's Mallow which is a special reserve mallow oak age double marshmallow imperial lager from Modest. They're up for a Nordy this year. This is what I'm drinking because it's a crowler and we have three episodes and I'm trying not to die. Yeah, that's fair. I'm drinking the same one as last pod, which is Satsuma. Super crazy, super fruity, uh, like kettle sour um, from Fair State. Loving it. As the only one that didn't get crawlers this week, I'm going to Invictus mm-hmm. Brewing, and I'm having their hey, uh, right? listening, listening. Yep, they're uh, listening through Static Hazy IPA. It's pretty solid. I like it. Yeah, they have a really really cool tap room with like a kitchen in there. Um, I had been there a couple times pre lockdown, so it's a cool spot. Especially if you're up in that area and you're like, all right, I can go to a chain fast food restaurant. Or I can go to Invictus. All right, guys. Here we go. We're moving on to uh, Do We Care. And the only place to start in Do We Care is uh, with Wonder Woman 3, which has officially been announced after Wonder Woman 2 just dropped on Christmas Day. Um, It's happening. Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins are both back on this project. I don't want to say too much about this because we're going to spend time on Wonder Woman 1984 later in this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, we can just say if we care or not, which we do. I do. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next up, Dan and Dave from Game of Thrones fame. Um, they've had some trouble finding their next project. 
they were going to do some project about so what if the South won the Civil War for HBO, right? Yeah. All right. So it's kind of a funny story with this thing. So Dan and Dave kind of in, in this like exile, a bit of a shame of a shame spiral after closing out Game of Thrones and people were largely dissatisfied with that. The coffee cup, the weird writing, the whole deal, right? I, I think um, that, that's a little absurd, to be honest. You do. And other people would go farther than you and say they ruined everything and all oh, the whole series is. So there's a fine. There's a middle ground in there, and that's me, because I'm right. But anyways, so they wrapped that up, and then they were going to do this thing called like Confederate, where it was like this alternate history of what if the South had won the war, and in modern day America, you know, black people were still, you know, enslaved. Bad idea. Everybody sort of was like, dude, a couple white dudes, this ain't right. Um, so they they cut that project. So then their next project was going to be this. Chinese uh, book series adaptation called the three body problem. And they're going to do this for Netflix. It's going to be this big show. I'm sure we would have talked about it in the pod and they were co-producing it with this like Yuzu group out of China. Well, that's no more because one of the executives in China killed one of the other executives, poisoned him. He's dead. And now he's been, so it's like, dude, these guys cannot catch a break. This three-body problem is not happening. They, I don't know what they're going to do next, but it's just kind of ridiculous uh, that Dan and Dave cannot get something launched. I'm sorry. Well, in, the, in the interim, at one point, they were going to direct or write and direct the next Star Wars trilogy as well. And yep. then that got, that got the, the pause button got hit on that pretty quick after the Game of Thrones finale. Yes. Yeah, they were like locked and loaded to do that. So and Star Wars did it so much better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I guess my question to you, James, is what part of the last season of Game of Thrones bothered you the most? Um, well, it's been a while. Um, I, you know, I really did not like um Danny's kind of turn. I didn't really like how um they were just knocking out houses left and right with like a like a tw- ten minute scene. And, you know, an entire house was, was killed and destroyed. And then they move on to the next thing. It's like these big, big events that would have been a lot more fun if they had built up and only done maybe one or two of these big events. For the hurry. the course of four episodes. What's up? Hurry is what bothered you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the pace was, was crazy. I didn't, I, I ended up just not even caring what was going to fucking happen. I'm just like, something silly. Yep, here we go. More than the writing was the problem to you. Well, the writing is is a pacing thing. I mean, you're, when you write eighteen huge events in one instead of five, two more seasons, and they could only get people to commit to one more season, and so they jam two seasons into one. Yeah, but even then, they could have wrapped it up without doing as much as they did. Um, do we care about this uh, Dan and Dave thing? Is it going to happen? Are we ever going to see anything from them again? I, I don't think we'll see that. We'll get we'll see something at some point. I don't care about this. That was just funny. Okay, in more somber news, John Mulaney checks himself into rehab, um, been struggling with alcohol addiction and with cocaine addiction. So partying mm-hmm. a little hard. Here's my take on this. People, I've heard a lot of people say, why is this news? We should respect his privacy. But in reality, we love to know about everybody's lives. And their part of being famous is that you lose some of that privacy, right? Mm-hmm. But... I also think that this is something that should be celebrated and not something that should be, shouldn't, we shouldn't punish people for, for checking into rehab. We should celebrate the fact that they knew that something was wrong or they knew that they were out of control. 
And so to me, mm -hmm. it's a happy story about John Mulaney, so long as he commits to the program and um, does his best to not relapse and fall back into addiction. And so I, we were almost going to skip this all together, but I think it's important to talk about rehab as, as, as a positive decision. It's not a negative decision. And yeah, re rehab should not be a scarlet letter, if you will. Rehab should be a at a boy, you know, or or at a girl, like pat on the back, like it should. You, you I mean, they, you know, the, one of the first pillars or whatever is admitting that you have a problem. So even to come to that point, I think is a is a huge step uh, for for anybody really uh, dealing with something that may be beyond their control. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, every, there's a ton, a ton of people that struggle with these issues, same issues. And I think the more people are open about it, it's better. Um, even if you're in rehab for your third time, you know, people are like, oh, well, that's, I guess it doesn't really work or that guy's a loser or whatever. It's like, no, it, it takes maintenance. You might have to go a couple times. So I think this is John Mulaney's like second or third time in. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he knows what he's doing and that he can continue to, you know, lead a happy life and entertain everybody because he is a hell of a talent. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, if you, if you do, you know, slip up or whatever, like that's not a failure, you know, like it's a day by day thing and you just got to continue to believe in yourself and just take it one day at a time. So, you know, hopefully he can get everything back on track the way it needs to be. And if you have any questions about, uh, you know, drug use and all the issues, just watch Euphoria. <laughs> It'll cover everything. Um, all right, guys, next up CW, the CW is rebooting Walker, Texas Ranger. Couldn't okay. care less. Move on. Did you, guys, <laughs> did you like the first Walker, Texas Ranger? No. It's so bad. Did anybody? No. I, I feel like that they were like. It went on for like 12 seasons. Somebody, some, some people liked it. I feel like a lot of people liked it, but I feel like a lot of people liked it that like don't really like black people. Yeah, maybe. The overlap. I mean, if I'm not saying Chuck Norris has anything to do with this, but the Venn diagram of people that really loved that show and don't like black people, probably like almost a circle or close. Yeah, but his partner like a like a Mastercard logo. His partner was black, so they think that they got around it. But I mean, let's be serious. Oh, I didn't know that. Walker Texas Ranger, he was putting a lot of minorities behind bars. I feel like. <laughs> well, and then not only that, it's sort of like um, it came to a head with all of the Chuck Norris uh, mythology. Mm -hmm. At the same time that the show is going on, like, you know, you don't do shots of Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris does shots of you. Like, you know, all those stupid sayings. That mm -hmm. was in, like, Walker, Texas Ranger was at its peak. So I think that there's a lot of people in the Venn diagram that believe Chuck Norris was some sort of a god in some capacity. Um, even though he only did, like, one roundhouse kick per episode in his cowboy boots and probably pulled a hammy every time. Um <laughs> When you guys think of Walker, Texas Ranger, I'm sorry, no. When you guys think of Chuck Norris, what is the first thing that comes to mind? I, just the stupid jokes, pretty much. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Where are you? Probably the jokes, but then also like Enter the Dragon. Ooh, a little bit. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of Chuck Norris is exercise equipment infomercials. Really? That's because you're a little younger, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I did watch some Walker Texas Ranger, and it's not good. Don't care about this. There's no one that they. Oh can yeah, the Total Gym, the Total Gym with oh, Christy Brinkley. Yeah. Hell yeah, Christy um, Brinkley. Sweet. I don't care about this at all. It's going to be trash, and uh, yeah. Okay. Um, 
next up, Chadwick Boseman's final appearance in the MCU is going to be on their show, um, What If? And it's going to be some alternate reality look at what happened to Black Panther, I'm assuming. Um, I like this because they somehow feel like with what they have, they're able to put together enough. It's going to be like a Tupac album, you know? Like they just can mash together some verses and they can give you another album. Um, and it's the same thing with Chadwick. I think they just have enough content of him recorded that they're going to be able to give us hopefully some nice send off to the character and to the man. So I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure that's what it is though. I think that what it is, is that he, this, you know, it's like supposed to be these sort of like, what ifs is that's the name of the show, right? Where you're taking it and it's like, you know, the character, instead of this happening, this happened and everything is different. Uh, maybe in this, he's not Black Panther and it's really crazy. And he's like trying to support Killmonger or whatever, because Killmonger won that fight, you know, something like that. And I think he probably recorded all this before he died. Yeah. I'm not sure they're piecing it together or even making it about his death. I think it's unrelated. Um, although, you know, if they could do something like that, that would be great to sort of prep us for when, whatever they're going to figure out for the next Black Panther movie where he will get some kind of send off. Like the King has died and something has happened. So I, uh, it's going to be a bummer, but um, I'm glad that they're still doing stuff like this. Uh, great character, great man. And um, hoping the send off. I, I have total faith in Marvel, especially when it comes to something like this. I mean, if you think about how seriously they took the send offs to um, captain to black, widow and to iron man i mean they're obviously going to do a great job with uh with black panther as well and let's remember that this is the mcu and it's not just disney because i'm not sure disney handled leia very well i mean they they killed her they brought her back she spent a long time in a hospital bed but didn't die and then then in the end how they finally kill her like she just decided to die or something like i've got to communicate with my son I'm going to go lay in this bed and die. Yeah. Communicating with him with all the power I have left. And I was like, ugh. Ooh. Let's not do that. It's a bad choice. Um, And like all that happened is she was like, Ben, Ben. And then what happened? He let his guard down for a second and Ray stabbed him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She didn't save him at all. She put him in jeopardy. Yes. That's so fucking funny. All right. Um, finally, guys, His Dark Materials returns for a third and final season. We knew that there were three books. We knew that they had kind of gone through the first two books thus far. Didn't know it was only going to be three seasons. Probably the reason that they're able to get a lot of these people to sign on was that they knew in advance it was three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited. What a great show. And I kind of like shows that don't that have an end in sight at the beginning. Kind of, kind of a lot. I mean, like it's been amazing that I think that's one of the biggest thing that's happened is like when Lost fucked it up, everyone's like, okay, well, we got to have a rough outline here, boys, before we green light this thing. And then they've gotten to the point where, you know, they have the whole arcs written out. You look at like what Dark accomplished, what I think Ozark is doing with five seasons. I think that's been mapped out. Um, that's the trend. And I think it's awesome. And now, now it's going to make season three just must watch. Yeah, Breaking Bad was also one of those that said, we're going out on a high note. We're not going to string this along any any further. 
And I think, Jimbo, you said that you were thinking there might be four seasons. And I, I could see that being entirely possible. Like, if the show is super successful, like, we're going to break up the final season – or, sorry, the final book into two seasons. Mm-hmm. That, you know, uh, a la Harry Potter and, and other, you know, stories like that. Um, but I, I like this, like, uh, nice, concise version of the story. You know, whether or not everything makes sense compared to the books – I think having some sort of uh, end goal in mind as you're writing it drives the story so much like faster and so much better. Like you feel like you don't have these filler episodes. I hate yeah. filler episodes. We all hate filler episodes. I don't need filler episodes. And like you said, Lost, like every other episode was a filler episode. It's so bad, yes. So, so when these shows are like, okay, we we have these like nine things per season that we have to cram in here and they're all important that makes the show that much better and i think when you when when you're just getting that third and final season with the third and final book uh whether or not like like i said all of the things in the book are are caught i think it it makes for so much better tv absolutely i'm i'm so excited i love the show i know we've talked about it a million times but you bring up lost here um no better. It's like our favorite go sh- go to show to just crap on, and I've never seen more than two. Eric minutes is of it. obsessed. Eric loves it. It's just not though. Like it was great. Like there was no better start to a show that ended worse. And you're right. It's the absolute reason for why they have a plan when they're selling these shows in advance now. Because it was a, it was a show where you could watch it, and in the middle of the season, in like season four, you're like, they don't know how they're gonna end this season. Yeah, <laughs> right. They don't know how the season even ends yet, and they're just filming away. Like they don't even. All know. they have to, had to do was write a crazy twist, and then they didn't have to figure out how to resolve it until later. Yeah, whether that's next week or next season, they're like, just have somebody walk in that was dead. They they, were, they clearly they, just have them walk in the room, and we'll they, figure it out later. They're just kicking the it the road forever. They were just like, we'll figure it out later. We have a blank check. Like, uh, that was a future problem. For that's a future JJ problem. I'll deal with that. <laughs> In season seven. I mean, when they found the hatch and then when you finally like figured out about the hatch, I don't know if there's been a more electric show ever. And then after that, they were just like, um, let's look at Buddhism. What happened in Buddhism? Maybe yeah. we steal something from that. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, time to move on to some hot wrecks. And with the holidays, we didn't watch a lot of things. Um, I myself was trying to catch up on Nordy uh, movies. So I watched a bunch of those. But today we're going to focus on a couple things. Um, Jim, you watched, and Ryan, you started the movie Soul. Um, is this a wreck? Who should be watching this, and was it any good? Well, give us a little background on what it is. I, I don't know, really know what it is, so I'm going to help For Jimbo. Okay. I'll do it. Um, yeah, this is the new Pixar movie. This is, you know, Disney Pixar. This is their new big animated movie. Um, to me, it came out on Disney Plus directly for no extra cost, which is nice, so you guys can all watch it. Uh, definitely a family movie. Although I think that it was just a little bit paced and themed more towards adults, more than any um, Pixar movie I've ever seen. So to me, the mechanics played a little bit like Inside Out, where they're like, and Inside Out, they're like, okay, let's imagine the workings of the mind um, are, are like a physical place where there is different characters representing different things and, you know, different areas with like a, a logistical system. Well, this is like, what if the afterlife had that? 
Um, and so you're getting like, well, first you die and you land here. And then you talk to this person and it's kind of like, you know, a lot of red tape you have to get through and you can go to this area. It's all, it's all that. Um, and so it's a little bit more heavy, I guess, than Inside Out was. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a little bit slow, but I liked it. My five-year-old was bored and my seven-year-old was into it. So I think that younger, younger kids might not think it's that great. Um, and I think grownups will like it more than other Pixar movies. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, so I didn't see the whole movie because, um, you know, I've got slightly younger kids than you and they were, they're easily distracted. We'll just say that. But I did enjoy exactly like you said, I did enjoy the, 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 the parts that sort of extrapolate on sort of the bigger parts of the universe or the bigger parts of uh, what is possible. And, you know, even though it's a little bit far-fetched, I thought, you know, Jamie Foxx as, as the main character was really good. Um, Tina Fey was really good. Um, it's it, it just, it, it's an interesting movie with incredible music. And my kids were captivated when uh, Joe, the main character, was like playing the piano, you know, especially in that first uh, sort of like, you know, uh, jazz rehearsal scene uh, where he got lost in the music. Like all of these things are very powerful tools uh, to captivate audiences. And, and they didn't they didn't do anything wrong uh, with the musical pieces. And I, I, I can't wait to finish the movie. I, I you know, like you said. Will my kids ever finish it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't care. Um, I, I really want to finish it myself you yeah. know, as a, as a grown adult. Yeah. The music was awesome. Um, executive produced with the, or whatever the executive in charge of the music was uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Is that who the team is? Atticus. Yeah, from the roots. Um, and they, they did a great job and they, they actually reached out to like New York city jazz musicians to do, to handle those compositions. So it's all very like, you know, authentic. as authentic yeah. as they can make it. So, um, you know, that's the scene. It is a movie about the afterlife and jazz. And so I don't know how that exactly panders to kids, but I'm not worried about it. It's not Toy Story 3. It's not as silly, but it's a very good movie. It has a lot of heart. All right, guys. It has a lot of soul, if oh, you will. That's Yeah, you're exactly right. That's much better. All right, guys, here we go. Wonder Woman 1984. This was a release that we were so very excited about. This was the first domino to fall in the movies can now just be at home instead of going to the movie theaters kind of thing. Yep. We've been talking about this for months on end. Um, so excited. We gave it the – we hadn't seen the movie, but we gave it a nom a Nordy Nom, sight unseen. Sight unseen, Nor Nordy Nom um, for movie of the year. And we all watched it uh, over the last few days. What did you guys think? <laughs> Ryan? Um, <laughs> I, okay, I want to preface everything that I'm about to say with, I thought the first Wonder Woman was unbelievable. Yes. It, it, I mean, it was a 94 for me. I mean, it, it was top tier, especially for DC they had nothing going for them. The first Wonder Woman was unbelievable. It was fantastic. It was the best story DC's ever told. Um, yep. I have a lot 
of problems with this movie that I did not have with the first one. And I don't think I'm being unfairly harsh. I feel like this movie had so many um, writing, storytelling, pacing, um, character issues. I felt like I was watching Iron Man 2, but slightly worse. And that's the fairest comp I can give it because Iron Man 1 was so fantastic. And then Iron Man 2 was like cobbled together too quickly with a like the, the best I, I was texting someone and the best way I could describe it was the characters were there, but nothing else was. And I feel like it, it missed so many of the uh, great things that made Wonder Woman one fantastic that 84 is just a caricature of itself in the worst way possible. Mm. And I, I, I wanted to love it. I was, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same hype train as you guys. Right. I thought this was going to be amazing. And it just, I w- I felt so let down. Yeah. Eric, do you want to, do you want to do your spiel or should I kind of, I think I'm going to take more of a middle ground here, but we'll see. This movie was bad. <laughs> okay. If I have to push the Rotten Tomatoes button of fresh or rotten, I'm pushing rotten. Really? So it's under, it's sub 50 for you. I'm, I'm pushing rotten as well. Wow. This movie was bad. I thought, I don't know if I've seen a bigger disappointment in a movie in a long time. Um, Like people were really disappointed with the rise of Skywalker and I was too. Rise of Skywalker kicked this movie's ass. Yeah. And like, I really just did not enjoy this. Um, Now I will tell you who, who comes out of this unscathed to me. Um, The actors and actresses. I actually thought Mm -hmm. that they all did a good job. I thought Gal Gadot was great. Gal Gadot is one of the most beautiful human beings um, on earth. Um, she's an incredible actress. She's badass. I love everything she did on the screen. I thought she was wonderful, and I don't think this harmed her one bit. Right. I thought that Kristen Wiig was good um, for a big movie kind of debut for her, at least in this kind of movie. I thought she did a nice job. I was interested in her character. Yeah. Um I thought Pedro Pascal did an okay job even. I thought he was fine. I did. I thought his character was kind of stupid, but I didn't think he was bad. So actually that the acting was pretty good. And I thought yeah. the movie looked pretty cool, but the writing of this movie was so fucking atrocious that I was bothered from the very beginning. And it was never good. She didn't even get into her Wonder Woman character really until other than a little quick mall scene until like 75% of the way through the movie mm-hmm. where didn't even have her powers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought this was like terrible. And okay. um, the big end moment, he was on TV telling people to wish for things. And then she was like, what about your son? How about if we all just don't be greedy? Everyone stop being greedy and we can go back to the lives we had. And then all the people were like, you're right. We shouldn't be greedy. You're right. I don't want what I wished for. Yeah. And then everyone yeah. at the same time decided not to be greedy. Like it was, um, <laughs> I think one of the biggest problems, Wait, are, we, are we, sorry, are, are we going spoilers or are we going like as spoiler free as we can? I mean, I pretty much spoiled it for everyone. It sucks. It's about being greedy and wishing for things. And, and then, so like, wh- where was this kid the whole time? Like, was he being fed? Like, did, yeah. did is, was he 
at a house somewhere? Like what, what was going on? I mean, some of the I stuff, had, I, the traveling around stuff was weird. They would just show up as super far away right away. And um, how they decided to give Wonder Woman, make her more of like the traditional, like, you know, using the lasso of truth more traditionally, having an invisible jet was really fucking dumb how they decided to do that. How they decided, we were all worried about how they were going to bring back um, Trevor, Steve, or whatever. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. Um, and or, it didn't work. It was dumb. It was really dumb. Um, also, and this is, I know this is a, a, a female-centric movie. Uh, Chris Pine stole every scene that he was in. Yeah, he was okay. He, I, um, yeah, you know, I think the biggest problem with the movie was probably the choice of the mechanic. It was very abstract. It was high concept. This idea that this guy's power is a wish fulfillment thing. So how they decided to, to write that and show that was very weird. And then of course, as you get down to like the, this finale scene, it was really, really odd. Um, Pedro well, Pascal. What, the, what, what about all the wishes? What about all the wishes of people being like, I wish there was peace on earth. I wish uh, everyone loved each other. Those, all those wishes were ignored. There were people holding signs that said, like, no more nukes. And yeah. they wished for no more nukes. And then, if you want to talk about the Chris Pine stuff, um, nu nuclear weapons appeared on, you know, the, the military maps out of nowhere. Why couldn't Chris Pine just be wished into, like, fruition? Like, why couldn't he just be wished well, into... They, and, you know, and then they sort of covered that, where they're like, um, no, I'm gone. This isn't right. We're not going to do it, or whatever. So... Um, but you know, how, I how like, unbelievable was it? Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it didn't make you feel like, oh, okay. I get. I get the mechanic of the wish thing. Like it was just so sporadic. One I, I, one I never very, got into it. Very grounded. I mean, it was like a war movie. Um, you know, her powers were like I could run really fast and I don't get shot and I punch people when I hit them. That you know, really believable stuff. In this one, you know, everything was so outlandish and just turned up to the max. It was almost like a bad season of Stranger Things, all condensed into one. She was like, like the rope and then catching planes and then flying behind planes and then like and then lightning. Oh my god! It was this was terrible. This movie. You know, they, they, good though. They they had the her learning day. to fly. They had her learning to fly like Superman with the arm out, but then she could also ride the lightning like Metallica and catch it with the whip um, um but then uh chris pine also who only flew prop planes in world war ii that had like a, a a stick and like throttle was like able to hop into an f-16 fighter pilot that's mostly like computer driven because it's just air and wind mm -hmm. and it's like uh no you can't like they literally have to train pilots for years to be able to use these airplanes. And he just hopped in and was like, yeah, no, we're all set. I literally was like freaked out by what an astronaut was, but just instantly knew how to use a panel of 40 buttons on some yeah. high gas plane. And also um, just, just very silly plane turned invisible and then couldn't be tracked by anyone. But even by radar. Yeah. Like they didn't explain why it would come off the radar. Like, I mean, it for sure has a chip in it, like a really powerful chip, too, that was like, that would be like... It's called a transponder, Eric, and every known uh, navigational system in the world can still track the transponders. Yes. You guys, I think we're a little stuck on the ship. It was silly he could pilot it. All right, look. 
the movie had major problems. I don't think it's as bad as you guys do. But looking back, I'm like, when do I want to rewatch this? Let's see. Never. Um, so that's not good. But I still think it's like, it's like a 60, isn't it? No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like a 44. And, yeah. and Okay. Here, let's, let's, let, me, let me play devil's advocate with Jim real quick. So in order to give it a 60, it's got to have some like redeeming qualities about it. Right? Give me two. Well, we've we've listed off a bunch of them. The acting, the performances were fun. All right. So some me, of the action me... scenes were good. The music was was. I mean, her theme is the best superhero theme, just in general, maybe. Um. That's it, though. Now I'm done. And it, you what know, about it, her, what about her armor? The, her armor that was like, oh, this is from our most vaunted warrior in the history of uh, the Mascara. I thought and that we, it, I it didn't that. last. It didn't last 15 seconds against Cheetah. She just yeah. ripped it to shreds. It was kind of fucked up that she was like, we gave her this armor so that she could fight all men. Yeah. And every man couldn't get through that armor and then cheated it in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thought. This is what okay. I would say the movie is. The movie is the 2020 Houston Texans. Wow. Okay. Gal Gadot is... Um, Deshaun wow. Watson. Or Watson, I mean, Deshaun Watson. And the DC is the uh, management. And Patty Jenkins is the shitty coaching staff. And there is a terrible roster. And it's poorly run. And they're wasting a Hall of Fame level quarterback on just a trash uh, franchise. That's how okay. I after this movie. She's not harmed by this. I think she is awesome. And I thought that the somehow she like wasn't even a big part of this movie. It felt like <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but like well, I, she was she was a mall cop for like fifteen minutes. I can't oh, like- I, dude. Okay, so let me just just mention that. So that first scene in the mall, there's like some guys robbing or something, and she shows up, and she's like grabbing them and kind of flying around the mall. And at one point, one of the guys she like grabs like hits a sign and kind of gets caught in the middle and starts spinning in it like a top off to the side. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be that type of movie, isn't it? Where they do really silly, unrealistic stuff just for a gag. And they doubled down on that throughout the whole thing. It was, it was their attempt to do Thor Ragnarok, but it wasn't funny. It wasn't very funny. No. All right. Um, So, so disappointed in this, you guys. I mean, I just wanted to love it. We all did. Uh, it's not going to be, I can tell you right now, we haven't done the Nordies yet. None of us are going to be arguing for this to win, but we have other great options. So we'll be fine. All right, guys. Finally today, we're going to end with our new segment Castaway, And this week we are going to recast the X-Files. So you can choose how, where you want it to be. And we're going to just cast Scully and Mulder, the two famous, um, agents, investigating i don't i wish i knew more about the x-files but (laughs) i don't know why you chose this because none of us really do but i think it's funny because it's a really iconic duo and i could totally see it being rebooted any day now that's why (laughs) that's brilliant all right um i have options but i i I just want to see maybe ryan do you want to go first Let's, let's let's stick with our tradition of me throwing out terrible options first Okay. And then you guys telling me the correct ones, and okay. we'll go from there. All right. So the first one that came to mind was. Are we casting Scully or Mulder? Sc- uh, let's go Scully first. Okay. Um, 
Scully, she, she's been in a procedural before. I think she can handle this. It's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm, okay. I feel like you you throw a little bit of a uh, red hair dye in there, and she'll slide right in as Scully. Okay, no, that's not and bad she, at and all. And she's a and she's a great actress to boot. Age appropriate. Um, she so Scully was the one that was more. Hey, we're by the book here. Let's be. We're in the FBI. Let's just act like FBI agents. Let's not go chase down these like wild and wacky paranormal things. So I could picture her doing that. Um, I could also picture Emma Watson pulling that off. Um, being kind of like, and as Hermione, she was always, you know, the straight laced one. She's 30 years old now. I think that's old enough to be an FBI agent. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a veteran in it. Right. She's beautiful. Um, she hasn't really done a lot. She hasn't really done any TV that I know of. So this would be perfect to hurt it for her to get into it. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. And then Eric, who you're thinking. The only thing, the only thing is, uh, sorry, just, just a little bit on, Emma Watson is I think she looks too young. Mm, like I think they, yeah. they want someone that, that looks like a little bit more of a seasoned FBI, you know, person. And I'm not saying she can't pull that off if they if they maybe went a little bit younger, like a prequel, if you will, maybe to mm -hmm. to X Files, that, that could work. But I think she just she looks like she's twenty two. Yeah, that's a very how good old point. she is. That's the only thing that would be my only criticism of Okay, of I wanna Emma take Watson. off then I, I agree, and that's why we're doing this to talk this out. Let me do my backup and throw this at you guys, okay? I don't like this person as a person, but I like her as an actress, and I think she's probably perfect. Elizabeth Moss. Um, kind of boring looking, straight laced, you know, handmaid's tale. We've seen her in a ton of stuff. Invisible man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was great in that. I think she could she could probably kill this. Um, you know, there has to be sort of an on and off again love interest with Mulder which is sort of like not played up until later seasons at all, but it's going to happen. So you have to consider ages a little bit with that. So it's not creepy, but I think Elizabeth Moss could be good now, uh, Eric. Okay. So I feel this one. Um, so my favorite thing when it comes to television is I want like a, I want like an actor and actress who um, is getting a chance to try something new, like someone that maybe we forgot about and then they get a chance to come in and show their real acting chops in a really good TV show. Okay. And so like, you know, McConaughey is the best example of that ever, right. right? Like he had kind of fallen off and he kind of reinvented himself in True Detective. And so I think it's a it's a place to like rehab um, former stars or people you just haven't seen in a while. Um, now my girl is, looks the part, and I hope you guys agree. Um, my pick is Kristen Stewart. Uh, <laughs> I just have, I just have, okay. again, the same, res the same reservation with Kristen Stewart that I have with Emma Watson is that despite her age, she still looks extremely young. She has the same face and makes the same serious face, um, as, uh, Jillian Anderson, right? Yeah. Jillian Anderson. Um, except her mouth's open all the time. She, yeah, I don't know if I buy her as as smart. Really, whereas I really buy I bought Emma Watson and Elizabeth Moss as very 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 smart. She's supposed to be the smartest person in the room. 
I don't know. Out of these, I'm st I still think Elizabeth Moss, I guess, although I don't need to see her in a lead. And I love your idea of like, let's bring in somebody more unexpected. Maybe let's try to cast Fox and then we'll decide. Okay. Um, I'm going to go first with my weird pick here. Okay. okay. So again, like I kind of thought like we don't have to just pick two white people who look like them. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And my other pick was going to be um, um, Kravitz. What's her name? Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. She was going to be my other pick, right? I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, but my I like that better than Kristen Stewart. That's for sure. I like that the best so far out of any of them I've heard. Actually, Zoe Kravitz was my other pick. Okay. Um, and my my guy for Mulder was Rami Malek. <laughs> no, that's great. I think Rami Malek would be great in that role. It would be a really goofy kind of like that must the series is goofy, but like it's weird, obviously it's about aliens mm -hmm. and he obviously has played very strange characters and continues to, he has such an interesting look and I just want more of him. Um, mm -hmm. So he would be my pick. Um, that would be what an Egyptian guy and a uh, uh, black girl. Yeah. Mixed race, black girl, whatever. For um, Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. Here's who I had. Okay, so look, let me. I feel like I have to preface this. You guys are just gonna laugh at me. Mulder's supposed to be the one that's a little bit more out there, right? He's supposed to be like kind of goofy. Um, people don't necessarily take him seriously, although it turns out a lot of the stuff he's on to turns out to be right. I think Paul Rudd would kill it in this. Um, would be could he can carry anything. So even when the episode's a little bit boring, you got fucking Paul Rudd just slaying it. Although he's more like 50, probably 45. I love this pick. Okay. <laughs> I love this pick. Paul Rudd, yes. To me, it's Paul Rudd and Zoe Kravitz then. Mm, right, because Riley. she's old enough too. She's probably 40. Or oh, she's only 32. Wow. Okay. Well, I love that my picks have been so bad that like you guys have already made your choices before. No, no, no. I, I want to hear your mother for sure. But so, he... I was going with I was going with Mary Elizabeth Winstead in my head I like because that. I thought I, I think I don't know like I like the Paul Rudd angle, but I feel like he has to be quirky in order for it to work. And I don't necessarily yeah. th then it becomes like a CBS like kind of like half funny, half not, but like like procedural in a way with Paul Rudd. Um, I went with because. He's already been in a paranormal show and it's already, you know, on it's going to be on its fourth season. I went with David Harbour. And the only reason I went with that is because I thought he could play it serious for the majority of the time, but then have a couple funny lines here and there. That's like very dry. Like I, I, I do like Paul Rudd too. I just feel like he has to be like always like sort of on, like he always has to kind of be funny. Yeah. Like if there was ever any like serious, yes. like this person died and he's got to react to it. I don't think Paul Rudd can necessarily do that. Okay. I agree. I would hope that he could. I think as if we were really casting him, we would be like, okay, Paul Rudd, this is one where you, instead of 90% goofy, 10% serious, you're 20% goofy, 80% serious or something and see if he can do that. Um, I had Bradley Cooper written down here as well, but I don't know, Eric, why don't you put it together, announce our cast, 
I'm fine with with whatever. We've thrown out a ton of great options. I think uh, Zoe Kravitz is the best pick now that I think about it. Yep. Um, all right. If we had to pick between Rami Malek, Paul Rudd, um, David Harbour. David Harbour, who would we pick? Hmm. Rami Malek's kind of perfect. If you couldn't pick your own, who would you pick? I would probably pick Paul Rudd. Okay. Yeah, I'd pick. I guess if I couldn't pick my own, it'd be Rami. It'd be Rami because I want to see his performances, but yeah. I, I also don't want to pick uh, all of Eric's. Oh, uh, we're going to let Eric walk away with this one. <laughs> I, Eric, as I picked Kristen Stewart. She, I, I had Zoe Kravitz written down. I erased yep. it and wrote Kristen Stewart. So I'm not really going to take credit because okay, okay. that one, and I still went with Kristen Stewart. I can't We've wait till Noah back. Hawley reboots uh, the X Files and he casts Mary Elizabeth Winstead because he loved her in Fargo. I can't wait for that to happen. That would be I, that could happen. It's She's definitely a TV actress. For you to be excited, what what streaming service would it have to be on? HBO. I'd like to see it on. Um, yeah, I mean, if I hear it's coming to HBO, I'm instantly thinking, wow, this is going to be oh, something to watch. Exactly. If I hear it's on Netflix, it could be good or bad. I mean, that's the thing about them. They, they do more, but it's, uh, of, you know, uneven quality. FX is the most likely though, right? I would say FX. Yep. FX would be, um, Fox originally. And they could, they could really nail it. Although I wouldn't want to see these like 24 episode seasons. That's over with. I'd want to see like eight important hours, I think. And that would be great. I kind of like that. I would, I would, I would want to see it. Like, I don't want to see like American Horror Story X Files version, no. where it's a lot of gore. I wanted to see it like very restrained, like the original show used to be, which is like giving you concepts to ponder over that they never kind of like totally figured out in the end, and it left a lot of open interpretation. And I, I would be extremely worried that FX would be like. No, we're just going to have like Alien rebooted or we're going to have like all these gory scenes for shock value, but not really give you any substance. I, I would want it to err on the side of like caution of like, we're just going to give you a lot of substance, not a lot of conclusion and not very much gore. You know what I mean? Like I, I, that, that would be my only fear with FX is that they would try and treat it like a, a true crime or a American horror story type of show. Yeah. All right, guys, that is it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Go back and check out our sportscast, but also please check out our 2020 Nordies episode. It's one of our big episodes of the year. We really want you guys to hear it, and uh, let us know what you think about our picks this week as well. Uh, until uh, next week, though, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast. Thanks.